this is Jan Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. Our taping is made possible with the support of Raider, a hands-on IT service provider that integrates all of your needs for advanced technical support, effective communication options, and cybersecurity. Raider's motto is, you just want it to work. We understand. Please visit RaiderSolutions.com for more information. The generosity of Oxner Lafayette General also makes this podcast possible. As Acadiana's largest regional health system, including two teaching hospitals and the region's only level two trauma center with more than 5,500 employees, Oxner Lafayette General strives to put patients first and make caring their top priority. In continuous efforts to reach more patients, Oxner Lafayette General provides services throughout Acadiana and facilitates telemedicine throughout the state, making healthcare more accessible for everyone. For more information, visit oxnerlg.org. Support for this podcast also comes from Home Bank, banking from anywhere with tech features for everyday needs. And when businesses and families need a banker, Home Bank is there as friends, neighbors, and partners in the community. Learn more at home24bank.com. Home Bank, member FDIC. Today, we have the opportunity to discuss the story behind Lucky's Fire and Smoke, Lafayette's newest restaurant that uses farm-direct American Wagyu beef, poultry, and locally sourced seafood. We're joined first by acclaimed chef and author, Jimmy Schmidt, a three-time winner of the James Beard Award, who created this fine dining concept. Later in the show, we'll welcome Lucky's co-owner, Eddie Corey, who brought this unique restaurant to Lafayette. Over the years, Chef Jimmy Schmidt's culinary accomplishments have been consistently recognized. He's been named on the Food and Wine Magazine Honor Roll of American Chefs, Cook's Magazine Who's Who of Cooking in America, Gourmet Magazine America's Best Restaurants, USA Today's 10 Best Destinations in Southern California, and awarded a five-star Diamond Award from the American Academy of Hospitality Sciences. And yes, he has served as guest chef judge on Top Chef. Jimmy's also published many cookbooks and contributed to Bon Appetit, Cuisine, Gourmet, and Food and Wine. In 2018, Jimmy Schmidt and his team created a new way to enjoy the wonderful flavors of American barbecue with Lucky's Noble Fire and Smoke. Jimmy, you're the ultimate chef focused on enjoyment and flavor, as well as health and wellness. I'm really excited to have you share not only your story, but the new concept for Lucky's. Thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I um, really spent some time on your website, One Matt Chef, and your story is multifaceted. I'd love to have you share with us how you got your start in cooking and how things have evolved for you over the years. Great. Um, Originally, my background, I studied electrical engineering at the University of Illinois, and I went to France for language credits. And being a poor student, I was a student enough to take cooking classes and wine classes for nutrition and for entertainment. Mm -hmm. And I really fell in love uh, with food and wine through that adventure. Uh, I followed my uh, chief instructor, Madeline Kamen, back to Boston and continued working with her for a number of years. Uh, She was 
a, a, a remarkable teacher uh, that shared not just a, the you know what food was and recipes, but also the history and the chemistry, and really um, you know lit a fire in me to continue to always research and find out more about food. Um, after working with her for a couple of years, I went on to the London Shop House in Detroit, where I kind of started to cut my teeth in the restaurant business, uh, and then onwards to Rattlesnake Denver in Detroit, and onwards and onwards. Mm-hmm. You're a, a native of Detroit? No, I'm actually from Champaign, uh, Illinois. Uh-huh. Uh, my father had a small farm and also worked for the university, mm-hmm. and so I kind of grew up out there in the fields, you know, picking wild asparagus and collecting black walnuts and working the farm as a kid um, that, you know, at that time, I didn't realize how much it made an impression upon me, how great food is and how great nature is. So you've focused, I guess, from the beginning on fresh whole ingredients. I know that you know, over the years, uh, restaurants have offered different types of food, but it sounds like you've always kind of had that more holistic approach to what you offer. Uh, yes, you know, the influence of uh, my upbringing uh, in Illinois, as well as what I experienced in France, where everything is so fresh and, you know, right off the farms and the gardens, and that whole celebration mm-hmm. of life through flavor. Um, that's just what I've continued to pursue throughout my, you know, culinary career. Right. I've read um, in your writings and others writing about you that you really focus on the science, as you were saying, you know, with your engineering background, you focus on the science of the food and combinations of foods and eliciting the most nutritional benefit that you can from the foods that you cook. If you can touch on that about bioflavonoids and the different things that are in our food that we may not be aware of as as we're enjoying a meal? Well, you know, foods in season are what you instinctually crave, and they have the highest amount of nutrition and flavor, um, you know, right off the tree and the plant and this type of thing. So from a chef's point of view, really focusing on developing flavors Hand in hand came along great nutrition as well, it within the ingredients. So my scientific research was, you know, to understand why. Why does it taste better? And then how can I use culinary techniques to accentuate flavor, but also to release um, all these bioactive ingredients that are nutritional based. So Many of the plants and such that we eat and fruits and such like that have a whole family of things called, you know, flavonoids. And there's seven different types in there and they all range in different colors and such. But they really deliver incredible nutrients to our, you know, microbiome, our gut and our, and our overall well-being. Now, culinary techniques are cooking in very simple terms is necessary to be able to release those bio available ingredients so that you can absorb them into your body and then benefit from it so cooking is a very crucial part of food as medicine food has great flavor obviously but also as the nutritional side of it i learned uh interestingly, about 20 years ago, just the benefits of one bioflavonoid, quercetin. I was 
sick all the time with allergy problems. And I, I found this book, Are You Tired of Being Tired? And they talked about quercetin, I guess, which is found in grapefruit and apple peels and foods that are delicious. But it really helped. It helped stop the histamines from giving me, uh, you know, wreaking havoc on my body. But that's just one bioflavonoid. It's amazing what food can do for you to keep you healthy. Absolutely. Well, the plants, you know, that, you know, were running around the planet, you know, 400 million years before we were, uh, created all these flavonoid compounds, mostly to protect themselves from the elements of the sun and, and this type of thing. You know, if it's a really sunny day, we can put on a hat or go inside or put on sunscreen to protect us, while the plants can't really run and hide. So they developed this incredible grouping of flavonoids to be able to help them with their processes in this adverse situation. Our consumption of those products, those those ingredients, really goes right into our system if we prepare them, cook them in a way that we makes it bioavailable. So on one hand, you get really great flavor from some really great ingredients in season, freshness counts, and then obviously, you know, a little culinary magic and, you know, we can benefit rightly out of, you know, that meal. Well, in reading your materials, I was interested in particular about the tomato because I, I tend to eat fresh tomatoes and I read you sent me an article or, you know, research on catching fire, which I want you to touch on. But now I see that really to get the most benefit, it, it needs some heat to release some of those nutrients. And that's just, these are things most of us don't know, but it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. On that particular subject of having to cook a tomato, the lycopene that's available in a tomato is great for your eyes and, you know, has wonderful benefits. The seeds of a tomato are not so good because they have lectins in them, but getting rid of the seeds, nobody likes the seeds anyway. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty easy thing to do. But cooking the tomato is the only way that you're going to release those the bioactive ingredients to be able to absorb. There's no doubt that there is more nutrition in a raw vegetable. But unfortunately, we can only absorb maybe 53% of it in its raw form. Once we cook it, we get 100%, which is you know very crucial to that fact. I like the history that you shared with me, uh, if you'll touch on that, Jimmy, about mankind and how communities and families came about through food and learning how to use fire. I think this might be something people enjoy. Yeah, uh, the name Lucky's Fire and Smoke, the fire refers to to, uh, a great recent work called Catching Fire, a book. And that study shows that during, you know, the history of you know the human evolution that when uh the human species was able to capture fire and start cooking it changed the nutritional value that they were able to gather and absorb into their bodies which is very crucial it made as we have been discussing all those bioactive ingredients available it also helped denature the proteins and the meats and such that they captured to also increase the nutrient intake up into their bodies. And that is being recognized now as the significant change of how much time we spend foraging for food, collecting food, chewing food, digesting food, that we were in this constant motion always trying to do it. And also we have bigger jaws 
and smaller brains that it allowed a shifting of our, you know, our skull and allowed our brains to grow at the same time. And it was extremely important for the foundation of us as a society because we didn't have to travel 12 hours a day trying to find food, eat food, chew it, digest it. We could stay together as a unit. We could then, you know, work on agriculture, developing agriculture, and also the domestication of animals that, you know, we could control it. So then we spent more time with our fellow, you know, uh, parts of the human race, rather than out there just constantly looking for food. So very crucial point, catching fire is a, a wonderful work, uh, work to read. It's beautiful. And I guess that's a good segue for Lucky's Fire and Smoke. You're the developer of this concept. And I didn't realize that Lafayette, Louisiana is the first Lucky's in, in the country as far as being situated in a permanent spot. We'll be interviewing Eddie Corey later, your friend and colleague who's behind Lucky's here. But if you can talk about this concept and what we can enjoy when we come to your restaurant. Well, Eddie uh, came back to me in Detroit and he worked for me at the Rattlesnake Club for years and years and years and said, ah, we got to build a restaurant. We got to build a restaurant. And I was working on Lucky's concept that really captured all these great flavors and great nutrition together. And he got it in an instant and said, we got to do it in Lafayette. And I'm like, well, how come down there? And he said, <laughs> they, they love food and they love mm-hmm. food, which is true. I came down, interviewed the market, checked it out. And you guys are like all about food and all about drinking and all about the great things of life. So it's a perfect fit. The Lucky's Fire and Smoke concept really connected, you know, direct Wagyu Angus cattle, direct from the the farms right to the restaurant and all the other local farmers and, you know, that raise the vegetables and the poultry and the local fishers and foragers all directly to the restaurant, which is a a beautiful bounty of ingredients that are are available locally. So the concept itself is to merge all these wonderful, very slow-cooked, developed flavors in a quicker-serve environment. You don't have to wait for a day while we slowly cook it and smoke it and get the benefits of the flavor and also the benefits of the nutrition along with it. Can you explain what Wagyu beef is? And it's spelled, for people that don't know, it's W-A-G-Y-U. Am I pronouncing it correctly? That's Wagyu. correct. Yeah. Absolutely. Can you explain what, what's so special about this type of beef? Well, the, the Wagyu breed was uh, originally a draft or a work animal that came over from China into Japan when that breed was developed. The unique characteristic of it was that um, it has the ability to eat all the pasture grasses in the local environment and convert that not only into protein, into the muscles, but very importantly into omega fatty acids in marbling, which makes the meat very delicious, but throughout the whole you know, uh, body of the animal. And thus by you get the benefits of this you know, all these omegas from a short rib or from a brisket, not just from the tenderloin or the sirloin cut of, of the meat. And many of those cuts, you know, when you slow cook them are just ridiculously, you know, delicious that that's what we really focus on. Um, 
the regener regenerative uh, agricultural part of this scenario is cows are very important. They're very noble animals that can convert pasture into micronutrients within their protein structure, along with omegas that the human race can benefit by, you know, using them as a protein source. They're great for the planet and they're also great for us. Mm -hmm. So the fat is marbled throughout everything, as you're saying, and I can only imagine how delicious that is when it's slow cooked. Can you talk about that process of how long it's cooked? Well, we harvest uh, the animals and then we actually age the carcass to a specific pH before we start to fabricate the different cuts out of it. That allows this natural you know, system of how the acids and such break down the meats that really develop flavor, but also the texture. Then we rub it down with all these crazy spices, lots of the red flavonoid family to get the benefit out of the flavonoids and such. And the technique actually goes back to Babylonian times that would actually complete the protein molecule, thus by trapping in more nutrition, more flavor, more texture, and a little brighter red color too, which is really pretty cool. Then we're not done yet. We very slow cook it at about 145 degrees, which is very, very low for about 24 hours. And during that time, all of this omegas start to melt into the meat. And then we capture at that point. And then ultimately we finish it in the last stage of cooking at a little higher temperature uh, in Lafayette at Lucky's to bring it to its final conclusion. So you get all these wonderful flavors and the benefits of all these micronutrients and the protein denaturing that is flavor, but also nutrition. There's a great website people can go to, to see the menu at Lucky's and <clears throat> see some of the photos, but there's no uh, gluten on the menu. If you can talk about that, the way you combine your sides with the, the beef dishes. Well, the our whole pantry that we work out of at Lucky's is really great ingredients. Obviously, the great Wagyu Angus cross you know, breeds that we use, great fish, great local shrimp, great vegetables. But we lean towards really also great oils. We have a Wagyu oil that we fry in and a candle on the table that you can enjoy that's high in omegas. Um, great A2 butter, olive oil, coconut oil. So each of the ingredients uh, add a particular flavor and also a nutritional value as well. And then as we get into the carbohydrate side of it, we lean more towards complex carbs that don't elevate your blood sugar, completely keep your metabolism very calm and balanced and your energy level more balanced too. So you're not crashing this type of thing. So that is the direction we go. So we use flowers like sorghum and you know other ancient grain type things that add more protein, more fiber and less carbs into what we call our sweet protein dough. And we make all of our bread buns as well as all of our rolls and such are made out of that. The wheat flour is, is, can feed millions, but it really has a very, very poor nutritional profile. So we've opted to go towards better ingredients, better nutrition, and not play around with wheat and gluten. So people don't have to ask 
for gluten-free at your restaurant. It just is pretty much. Well, it is. There is no, there's no wheat or gluten completely within the restaurant, but more importantly, all of the flours and ingredients we use all carry these better for you components. Right. I know that you've written several cookbooks and I'm wondering if, as things have evolved, as now you've come up with the Lucky's concept, if you could touch on that, it sounds like what you're offering us is really just the best for our bodies, but you've been cooking since before the 80s, I mean, in the 80s, and you've seen how nutrition has evolved. At least we've gone like from a very un, you know, unhealthy focus on processed foods. People are trying to get back to this type of eating, but it's tough. Once you've gotten those habits, but you've really, this is full circle, probably from what you were seeing back in the day, how when people were eating at restaurants. Well, yes, back in the day, you know, (laughs) um, it was very decadent and lots of butters and lots of fats and that type of thing. And it was all about flavor, but it wasn't necessarily didn't relate back to nutrition. Um, And we've also, you know, the convenience of how we eat today leads us to very highly processed foods, which is really very tough for our body to get around and digest and turn into nutrients. So it has come full circle to being getting really great ingredients that can supply the nutrition that we want, but with cooking technique to develop the flavors that we instinctually crave as well. So our motto is we like to make all the foods that you love, but they'll love you back. You know, there's nothing better than a great hamburger. I love them, you know, but with a great bun and great meat, you've got a a better, a higher nutritional value than you can get down the street. Mm -hmm. So that's what it's about. The the foods that are fun, delicious, and you don't even have to think about it, but are taking care of the nutrition part too. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you're a meat eater. And I'm curious about your thoughts about vegan and vegetarian about, because I know you've written on that about mixing high quality ingredients to get those complete proteins. Is that something people can get in your restaurants or is that more of a cook at home type of option? Well, I completely respect the vegetarian approach because the vegetables are really where all those great polyphenols are. So that's a great way to go. The vegan pro- approach obviously is a, you know, completely eliminates things like eggs and cheese and such like that, which are, you know, I kind of, think are pretty wonderful as well. But in uh, we do have a vegan vegetarian dish on the menu that is a combination of basmati rice and lentils Mm -hmm. and scientifically put together to to deliver 21 amino acids. So it is a complete plant-based protein. It's also underneath the salmon dish but as well, but don't tell anybody. And the the method of cooking the rice changes it from a simple carb into a complex carb. And then the lentil is combined in after being pressure cooked to reduce down the lectins. So you're getting a complete plant-based protein with a complex carb and it's filled with polyphenols. So that's where it really works. So um, at the end of the day, you know, humans need protein. And we need complete protein in order for our muscles to completely regenerate and keep us on track. Right. Well, it sounds like you've got something for everybody. And um, I know that you feel strongly that 
people can vote with their fork. If you can talk about that, your thoughts on that. I love that quote from you. Well, the, you know, the, the, what the farmers raise and the foragers and the fishers and such, and the bounty that they produce and the restaurant, you know, how we capture it or other restaurants capture it and present it to the customer. Obviously our guest decides whether they like it or not by our flavors and such, and they can simply vote with their fork. They can, they can support this whole wonderful system of, you know, farmers, fishers, foragers, and chefs, and cooks, and by just eating dinner. So, which is a great way to do it. So, you know, eating well is a celebration of life, and I encourage everybody to eat well, you know, and vote for the things that taste better and are better for you, and that will perpetuate this growth in, in this part of the market segment. Well, I know what Lucky's offers is something I, I could never recreate at home. I tend to eat at home quite a bit, but we're just, you know, with COVID lifting and everybody kind of more comfortable. It's just been so much fun to go out. I want to encourage people to check the website before you go to Lucky's just to see the plethora of delicious looking, not only foods, but drinks. I know y'all use uh, some special syrups and the seasonings and all. It's just a, a bounty for people to try different types of food. Well, also on the cocktail part, you know, what we did was also take a look at the standard, you know, recipes like a gin and tonic, which is gin and tonic. It's pretty simple. And we actually make a tonic syrup and a tonic bitter that captures a bunch of those polyphenols as well from those herbs and such. So we're adding additional flavor dimensions into the cocktail, but also, you know, sneaking all those good polyphenols in on too. So, you know, it, a good cocktail makes you feel good. Now you got a reason to feel yeah. really good because it's healthy. It's too. Celebrate health. <laughs> Absolutely. Life is celebration. Eating is, is celebration. You know, it's all about, you know, the, the nourishment of getting together and being with friends and celebrating. That's what it's about. But it, on, the, on the backside, it should be delivering nutrition as well. Did I read that you're working on a new cookbook? Is that accurate? Are you, are you? In I am class? slowly working on a new cookbook. Slowly. It's, it's, yeah, well, I, I get burst, you know, on it and then I get pulled off on a project or such. It's actually, the title will be the color of flavor. And the reason why is that um, you can actually scientifically look at the, you know, colors have different frequencies. Likewise, so do foods. Uh, ingredients of food all carry iso, you know, electrical charges on them because they're molecules and such. And they also have frequencies. So as you start to align these isoelectrical charges and get them, get them to work together, you can raise proteins like we do in some of the dishes and fiber contents and such. And it makes a complete larger depth of flavor. That is what I'm chasing. So the color of flavor is pretty spectacular. And if you want to, you know, kind of mess around with a sommelier sometime, have them describe a wine without using a color or a food. Really? Yeah, because it's like, hey, this this uh, Pinot Noir has flavors of berries and reds and blacks, and mm-hmm. you, you strip that away, they're out of business. So. We do associate very strongly 
flavor with color. So this kind of explores this in, in great detail uh, from, you know, looking at 140, type, 140 different types of sea salts and measuring the frequency and flavors and the color spectrums of them. And so they actually do taste different. You can link in, you know, mineral rich sea salts that taste green with other green herbs. And it kind of tastes like scotch. It's pretty crazy. So you can get that whole kind of peaty, kind of boggy kind of thing going on. So it's the next dimension of flavor, you know, with nutrition, of course. Yeah, of course. Chef Jimmy Schmidt, you're, you're fascinating and also very kind. You've been wonderful to work through this podcast, through the process on Zoom. And uh, I can't thank you enough, not only for sharing your expertise, but your time with us. Thank you for joining us. on Discord. Thank you, Dan. It's been great talking to you. I can't yeah. wait to meet you in person on you my too. next trip down. Yeah, I would love that. Thank you, Jimmy. Let's have dinner. Let's you know, have I some love fun. it. <laughs> and I'll let you pick whatever you think would be the best. Okay. It'd be fun. Thanks, Jimmy. I look forward to Great. that. Thank you. We're now joined by Eddie Corey, co-owner of Lucky's Fire and Smoke in Lafayette. Eddie is also a local restaurateur with other interests, uh, such as CeCe's Coffee and Karen Crow and by the Acadiana Mall and Agave at Park Lafayette, among other interests. Eddie, we just heard from Jimmy Schmidt, who has fascinated me with his love of not only cooking, but nourishment of the body. Absolutely. Uh, having people eat what their body loves so that they can love the food back. It's just a fascinating story. Yeah. So thank you for taking time today to share with us your new restaurant that just opened up, as far as I understand. Yes, thank you for having me over here. So yeah, um, Jimmy and I would go way back, you know. Um, in 1991, I used to work for Jimmy. Uh, I was uh, 19 years old at the time. I walked in into, I'm, I just moved from New York to Michigan. I was looking for a job, and so having walked in his restaurant, I was hired on as a busboy. And I worked for him, and I kind of worked my way up in, mm-hmm. uh, in the restaurant. And at the time, he owned um, a fine dining restaurant called the Rail Snake Club, like the snake. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and he he started that place I think in early late eighties and uh, I worked for him from nineteen ninety one until ninety nine and uh, and I moved down south and I got into different stuff and we reconnected twenty years later. Mm-hmm. Um, I called Jimmy out of the blue, say, hey, boss, how you doing? How you been? Good. So what's going on? And he told me he was working on that uh, lucky concept. And he said, you shouldn't need to come check it out. So I flew down to Detroit, and we just fell in love with the food. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the food was really great. It's healthy. And I love what he says, a food that loves you back, you know. Yeah. So we started working on it. It took us about a year to put everything together. And uh, we opened a location. It's one of one, actually, in the country right now. So we opened that one on Ebrusard and yeah. Johnson at the old zoo house. Right, right. Yes, ma'am. So the food just looks so wholesome. Yes. But yet the seasonings and all are enticing. 
but I've never really experienced Wagyu beef, which is spelled W-A-G-Y-U. Yes, ma'am. I guess I'm saying it right. Yes, you are. I don't think I've ever experienced that. Yeah, well, see, it's not readily available in Louisiana. It's just something, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, something has become readily available in the last one or two years. So just to give you a little history on Wagyu beef, um, so original Wagyu beef is a Japanese meat, mm-hmm. and... Um, those uh, Japanese cows, the way they raise them, uh, the way they feed them is naturally fed, and they feed them for a longer time than a regular cow. And those meats, um, if you want to go like a pound of Japanese Wagyu beef, is about 150 to $200 a pound. Oh. Okay, so, yeah, it's a, it's a very uh, high-end meats, and it's not too many people in Louisiana have it. I think recently there's some popping here and there at a finer restaurants so, all over Louisiana. So, but Jimmy um, teamed up with farmers out west, and um, they kind of made uh, an, an American Wagyu beef, which is basically uh, the father is a Wagyu and mm-hmm. the mother is a Black Angus, and it's like 35, 65 kind of deal. And um, so that raised him here, and Jimmy particularly have his own line of it that mm-hmm. he brings to these uh, um, Dearborn, uh, Dearborn meats in Michigan. And uh, and he does his magic. I mean, mm-hmm. he... he, he what he does with food, I don't understand it, but he just does some amazing things the way he plays with all that and does the flavors, the seasoning. And so, and uh, we, we brought it to, to Lucky's here, and hopefully that's something everybody mm-hmm. can come out and try and like. It's just such a different offering from what we have in Lafayette. Absolutely. I think you're really distinguishing yourself yes. from that. So if you can talk about the menu, it seems like I saw deviled eggs on yes, the menu. Ma'am. It's like a really eclectic menu, but it's just a different selection than Absolutely. what we're used so to. So Jimmy, his take on food is a little bit different than everybody else. Mm-hmm. So he takes your regular dishes, makes them healthy and delicious at the same time. And uh, so we we have a variety of stuff on the menus. We have the devil egg, which is basically a post egg and they inject it with a lucky sauce, and they put the uh, Wagyu beef bacon on top of it, and they finish it up with the, with the sauce. And, and the other thing we really do different at Lucky's is our presentations. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so the way everything is presented on the plates, the flavor, the sauce, you know, we just appeal to all your senses, whether your taste, your sight, your hearing, the, the whole thing. He plays mm-hmm. off of it, and he's really good at it. So we have another great dish, which is called Life Smoke Wagyu Beef. And basically is a cured uh, short ribs. It's over the cauliflower mesh. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it comes in a, in a bag, and we smoke it in a bag, and they bring it to the table, and we just cut the bag open, and the smoke just comes up right out of it. And, and, and the food just really amazing. You have mm-hmm. to come like try it out to understand what we're talking about or so the chef or chefs they they were trained yes to Jimmy follow. actually uh-huh. oh yeah Jimmy and his uh, his partner his name is Brian they came to spend a month and a half here uh-huh. at the restaurant and they trained everybody from A to Z um, and Jimmy came a couple of times down while we opened and talked to people you know and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff yeah it might might have been a culture shock coming from Detroit. 
yeah, to well, Lafayette. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's a little <laughs> bit different. Uh, but, you know, Jimmy well traveled. You know, yeah. he, he, he goes everywhere. He's very aware of the different markets, different mm-hmm. cultures, and he plays off of that really well. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we have a great product. It's a little bit different take on everything, but... I mean, the food right. is delicious, presentation, and the restaurant. The restaurant is... Uh, it looks beautiful. It is a beautiful restaurant. So we reached out to the, all the local people, uh, from artists, from farmers, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I um, I have a friend of mine. His name is Nabil Luli, and he is a local artist. Um, and I called him two weeks before opening the restaurant. I said, Nabil, you know, I, I need some art than the restaurant. I want something local and all of that. And he came, did about six or seven pieces of art that we display in the restaurant. And it's just an amazing take on the food and how he put it up. So it looks really good. It looks like you have a pretty bar. Like the whole thing is set up for yes, fun. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, we have a great bar. Um, so a bar is a little bit different. We use the, all the shelving with the back lid. And we use the plumbing pipes. And we made them into these cool racks and cocktail menus that's really different too so we have exclusive uh, bitters and syrups that we make our drinks with and uh, Jimmy actually in one of our drinks we call it a love potion he used an actual <laughs> love potion he puts a couple of drops in there you know and and, and a presentation and mm-hmm. we have a live smoked bourbon uh, old fashioned so that also get we use special bitters, the smoky bourbon in there, and we have a little smoke machine that we actually smoke the drink oh. before it comes out, and uh-huh. they cover it up. So when it comes to the table, uh, they remove the lid and the smoke comes right. out of the drink. So a great presentation, the flavor on is really good too. So you can have fun while you're eating healthy. <laughs> absolutely, yes. It's, Are you a chef? No, no, Eddie? by all means. No, absolutely not. I love food. I mm-hmm. know I can cook for the kids and the wives sometimes, and they always tell me they like my food. But yeah. uh, I just, being around Jimmy uh, for it's nine years. Huh? Yes. He's a, he's a great mentor, and, you mm-hmm. know, he just, working with him, he just, you grow this love of food and the restaurant right. and the excitement. Right. And I've been doing this for almost 30 years, you know, working in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Indifferent, you know, from the fast pace to the casual to the fine dining right. and all that stuff. Yes. I know you mentioned you're from up north, but there are several Corys here. K-H-O-U-R-Y. Are they any relation to you? No, no relation. So Corey is a popular name is where it? we come from. So mm-hmm. it is a... This Corey comes from Lebanon. This Corey comes from Jordan, Palestine. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just back in the days they used to name the, the, your last name. It's kind of by your profession. So if your dad was... Oh, Corey means priest, by the way, okay. in, in English. Uh, so if your grand-grandfather was a priest or something, so they named the family after mm-hmm. the same thing, you know, with different uh, things that... They did, so they right. named the family after it. So, right. Yeah, yeah. Has your family been down yes. to Louisiana? They- oh, yeah. We all live here. I Good. have my mom and my wife, three kids, my brothers, my sisters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I have a whole bunch of family here. Yes, right. well, when, when can we go to Lucky's? Like, what are the hours and the days that you're open? So right now we open Tuesday through Sunday from 5, or, uh, Tuesday through Saturday from 5 to 10, and Sunday we'll close at uh, nine o'clock and uh, Saturday and Sunday we have uh, brunch menu. It's from oh, ten to three, uh-huh. and 
that's another take uh, from Jimmy. We do waffles and blenders and the smoked salmons and all waffles gluten-free. And yeah. Yeah, so really great um, take on the waffles, you know. Mm-hmm. just uh, And the waffles is just like literally a home meal. So you, you can get some smoked salmon, uh, some wagyu beef on top and different stuff. Right. Yes. I want to encourage people, if they haven't looked you up yet, to look yes. up Lucky's um, Fire and Smoke. I'm just really inspired by the, the, I guess, the heart behind it, the healthiness, but also the love of creation. Absolutely. I just haven't read anything like this no. about somebody combining the science with the cooking and the taste. It just yeah. gives a different level of understanding how important it is to feed ourselves well oh, while absolutely. you're having fun. You oh, know? Absolutely. When, when mm-hmm. you get an, um, an engineer, a business person, and a great chef together, I guess mm-hmm. that, that combination just... Yeah. And he, 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 the way he his take on food and he, the science part of it, the presentation, and he puts it together in such a way, you know. Mm-hmm. Even as a young chef, he, like, really did amazing things. Won awards, like, yeah. he won James Beard Award three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he's still on the foundation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's active yeah. nationally. Yeah, yeah, he, he does chefs. a lot of food consulting for a lot mm-hmm. of companies uh, around, in, around the country and stuff like that. Right, yeah. yes. right. Yeah. Well, anything you wanted to get in as we wind down? Is there anything you wanted to say? No, about we Lucky's? just want uh, just we want people to come out and try Lucky's, uh, come experience the health part, the fun, incorporating all the local mm-hmm. artists, the farmer, the fishermen, and you know, uh, give us their take on the, on the restaurant. You well, know? I'm definitely going to be there. Yeah, um, please do. Eddie Corey with Lucky's. Fire and Smoke, thank you so much for joining us. And I want to thank our listeners. Thank you for your ongoing support. Um, If you haven't yet, please subscribe to Discover Lafayette wherever you get your podcast. And I'd also like to thank our sponsors who make this show possible. Oxner, Lafayette General, Home Bank, and of course, Raider and Jason Sikora, who mixes our tape. Thank you all for your ongoing support. On behalf of Discover Lafayette, This is Jan Swift. 